Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. Today we're going to recap the AFC and NFC Championship games, uh, update our long-running betting competition, uh, and mm-hmm. then get into a little bit of a Pro Bowl preview because everyone's waiting to hear about that. I think this is going to be the most comprehensive Pro Bowl preview of any uh, minor uh, sports podcast <laughs> Is it? Well, it's it's going to be top. I'd say top, uh, top one percentile. Okay. Anyway. Well, then, um, then yeah, then we'll we'll talk a little bit about NFL coaching, and uh, and yeah, I think that's that's where we're headed for today. Uh, Yeah, we might mention a little bit of the Super Bowl stuff, but uh, we'll we'll save that for next week mostly. We have another one more week before that actually gets here, so we'll spend most of our preview time the following week on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So review and reviewing the Pro Bowl, of course, uh, next week. We'll have to spend at least three four hours on that (laughs) in our next show. So make sure to tune in for that. Uh, I definitely will. uh, um, So from the from last week's championship games conference championship games mike uh i'm pretty sure you're arguing to say that the most interesting thing that happened was the chiefs victory but uh maybe let's say let's phrase the question a little different than we have been what was the biggest factor determining the games uh was it a solid play from the winning team uh some error that gave the winning team, the win from the losing team, uh, or, or injuries or officiating. What what ended up being like the maybe the biggest factor that that uh, led to the Chiefs and Eagles winning their respective conference championship games? I think, yeah, this is hard to say because I think some there were a couple of like there were a couple of uh, threads that were in common. I think that the Chiefs uh game in the eagles 49ers game had and that there were a lot of there were a lot of injuries going into the game and there were actually a lot of in-game injuries mm-hmm. and the injuries going into the game in uh they seem to they seem to affect uh the team that also had the most injuries in the game so like uh when you talk so philadelphia was basically healthy when they uh, got to this week, uh, Hertz is still maybe not a hundred percent. You can't tell what he's doing, what, what's what's up with his shoulder, um, but everybody else seems pretty healthy. Um, I guess you might say, um, what's his name, Lane Johnson, on as the right tackle, still kind of iffy, uh, but other than that, they're pretty healthy. But uh, the 49ers have had lots of injuries this year. Most of their players are back now, except their quarterbacks, and it was Brock Purdy as the third string quarterback playing uh so he's only playing because of quarterback injuries and then of course in that game purdy gets hurt fourth string quarterback josh johnson gets hurt there's nobody left to play quarterback they were thinking of maybe putting christian mccaffrey as a wildcat quarterback he's only been there like eight weeks so he doesn't mm-hmm. know the offense well enough probably and so they put uh, he did, he did um, play qb wildcat qb briefly in that game yeah he only had like a couple two snaps. snaps though but like yeah. i yeah, they, they decided to bring uh, a one-armed Brock Purdy back in. And, and unfortunately, the one arm he did have that worked was his left arm and not his right throwing arm. It turned out he he, uh, he tore his UCL um, 
in that game when he was uh, sacked by Hassan Reddick. And then, of course, Josh Johnson, four-string quarterback, claimed off the streets, street in December. Also, when he was, uh, I don't know if it was, was he was sacked or if he was just uh, hit after he threw the ball, but um, he uh, got a concussion, didn't come back in. And so, yeah, uh, not a good quarterback situation. They were, they were dropping like flies in San Francisco. And, but for the Chiefs also, you can say, well, they're both, maybe both the Bengals and the Chiefs had injuries going in. I think that you could say the Chiefs was more significant because it was Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. His, his foot was hurt. Kelsey had that weird back injury that seemed to happen like on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And wasn't sure if he was going to play. And then, uh, you know, several receivers get hurt. Uh, Tony, Kadarius Tony out. Um Nicole Hardman, who had been injured a lot, both Tony and Hardman had been very uh, injury prone this year, mm-hmm. were, were out. And then uh, Juju Smith-Schuster also got injured during the game, and he injured, and he went out. And then uh, Ladarius Snead on the defense went out, and Will Gay also uh, was was hurt. So, like, five major players. Both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball were hurt in the game. Justin Watson yeah. was also sick. Like, he was the number four receiver, probably. Mm-hmm. He was six so like there were and then with Cincinnati it was the you know three people on the offensive line were hurt coming in and maybe Tyler Boyd boy did he get hurt during the game I'm not sure um it seemed to be injured I don't, I don't know if he missed time though during the game I'm not sure yeah so like there were just so many injuries on both sides but the Chiefs seemed to have more injuries and they and they won the 49ers seemed to have more injuries but they they didn't win so I they guess were the injuries fully reduced to like a one yeah one they were offense and yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it it was cool to see Purdy, you know, out there trying to play, but uh, he just couldn't throw. Yeah, he was for, he didn't he he did not have an incomplete pass on the day. Yeah. Uh, partly because when he the injury injury play, they called it an incomplete pass, but they overturned it and it became a fumble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think he'd rather have the one incomplete pass than the than the fumble. Uh, the 49ers would anyway as a team, but yeah, that was a game that was very ugly um defensively both teams i guess you could say play well maybe or like maybe the offenses just didn't play well but like so many penalties on the part of san francisco mm-hmm. this is maybe where the, where the you had mentioned officiating um i've been reading and kind of looking at national media stuff there seems to be a lot of talk about the officiating in the chiefs Bengals game which surprises me because i didn't think there were a lot of bad calls that affected the outcome of the game at all because i guess the people were complaining about well the chiefs on that like in the fourth quarter got a third down replay yeah over because they had blown the whistle because the clock was messed up but like they clearly showed it like in the you know proof that the referee one of the side judges or whatever was trying to blow was the running whistle. in trying to get and like yeah. they do that all the time like a false start kind of like, like it does happen all the time i don't know why that was seen as such a big deal the chiefs also they got it they, they did get a first down but then they punted like two plays later so like it didn't it didn't matter um if in reality if you could say well the chiefs had a, a holding penalty that took away a, a touchdown they had a bang bang uh pass interference penalty that took away an interception for them they had um a, like a weird taunting penalty called that like like he just who was it uh, wiley 
or somebody yeah. who's like raised his arms and maybe said something to one guy. Maybe like, maybe he gave a little shimmy of some kind. <laughs> yeah, but, and, uh... and, and that and that kicked the Chiefs out of field goal range when they uh-huh. were driving. So like, you know, <laughs> the... should should Wiley have been flagged for the quality of the taunt? Like, <laughs> oh, you, you just got to do that better. Was I guess that... we 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 never hear what they say. The Chiefs have gotten a, lot, a few taunted. Like when Chris Jones was he supposedly said something ghastly to matt ryan so which which cost the chiefs the game in indianapolis i don't know but we never learned what was said i don't think we'll ever know what was said uh, they didn't have maybe if they were mic'd up that we'll, we'll see later but um yeah the, the the penalty on the late hit out of bounds on the homes was pretty obvious and you know maybe maybe it cost um the bengals a chance at overtime but Mm. it was like yeah like we still a, had to make that field goal we still had to make the field goal and and there were like eight seconds left so you could say well maybe mahomes could have thrown a five or six yard out and had the same one. result and, and gotten a, maybe a slightly longer field goal from Bunker or something but that was an obvious penalty like you know it's if you're pushing a one-legged quarterback named patrick mahomes out of bounds late into like the bench that's going to get called like it, there's no well yeah that's what i was a little surprised they actually called because that's the kind of play that the chiefs haven't seemed to get that call in that same scenario in other games during the regular season which is part of why i don't like the officiating in the nfl is because it's so inconsistent something yeah, that, that we've been told is a penalty is actually called as a penalty that shouldn't be surprising <laughs> to everybody and it was yeah, to me a little bit I, I was not sure that they were going to throw the flag even though by rule they're supposed to throw the flag in that scenario. Yeah, it seemed pretty obvious to me. Like the Chiefs, yeah, Chiefs were the Chiefs obvious, had a similar penalty. So uneven that it isn't always yeah. obvious, right? Yeah, those late hit out of bounds ones on a quarterback especially seem to get called more. I think the Chiefs had one against Justin Herbert in uh in in the game in Los Angeles. I think it was Bolton who had it. It was a similar play. It was a dumb mm-hmm. play, but it was a penalty. He was out of bounds and yeah. I think the problem maybe was again, yeah, are these consistently called? But I, it, it, I don't think the Chiefs have been on the whole this year beneficiaries of more calls than they have been kind of, um, you know, damaged by a certain penalty calls. So I, yeah, I, this was a game like, you know, I didn't. There weren't that many penalties, and it was fairly even between the two teams. Like before mm-hmm. the fifteen-yard penalty at the end, I think the Chiefs had fifty-five. Uh, yards of penalties and the Bengals had 56 yards of penalties so like you know until that one happened it was completely even Uh, the Chiefs had a few had I think longer in distance but fewer in number but like yeah it was like I don't know I I was reading a lot of like analysis and things like that but a lot yeah it seemed like a lot of people were like banging the drum that this was a very poorly officiated game and I didn't see that compared to like like there were no you know I thought it, 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 there were no things that affected the outcome of the game um, to me that weren't yeah. actual real penalties. I guess you could say, well, yeah, the, right. maybe maybe the out of bounds one did affect it, but like that's what it was. It was it, it was like they had like Joe Burrow had intentional grounding or whatever, which some people thought was controversial, but that seemed like a real grounding play, and they got the first down anyway on that series. So like, yeah. You know, it, it was happen. grounding. That was that's what they're supposed yeah. to call grounding on that. Yeah, Why, it was more agreed. Yeah, 
it was more egregious than any of the Patrick Mahomes yeah, throwaways. I mean, he was still in the pocket and there was no receiver nearby and it didn't cross the line of scrimmage. That's all of the, the check marks for what is intentional. Yeah, reality. yeah. And I thought it I thought it might have actually hit a lineman, but they wouldn't show an angle where you could see it. Because that's a yeah. different penalty if that pass actually hits an offensive lineman. Or at least in the like in the, or tries to catch it or something. Yeah, like an eligible receiver type of uh, right. But I mean, that, so there, there, you know, there could be multiple penalties that could have been thrown there, but you couldn't see if it actually hit. Yeah, the, the offensive lineman. And even if you say it wasn't a real good penalty, like it didn't end up mattering for the Bengals since they got the first down anyway. Or like even if you thought the the Chiefs do over on third down in the fourth quarter was bad, well, nothing came of it. It was mm-hmm. you know two plays, you know three plays later they punted, and you know it's like yeah. it was. So I, I was just kind of ended shocked. Up getting a first down after that. Yeah, yeah. There was like a there was a pass interference or defensive holding penalty defensive holding, yeah. on Eli Apple, but like you know those get called and nothing. And like even if you don't even think that was a raw deal, nothing happened. There was no like it did not affect. It didn't immediately it. result in something that changed the outcome of the game. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say well maybe it would have. You know, there would have been 30 more seconds on the clock when Joe Burrow, uh, you know, got the ball. Instead of two, two and a half minutes left, there would have been three minutes left. But if you say that, then, well, Mahomes and the Chiefs would have just had more time to move into field goal range. So, like, it's I, – I, I was really surprised I, I, what that, that that was uh, seen as an issue. I, I think officiating has been a problem this year. But, like, yeah. that game didn't seem too bad to me. There weren't a ton of calls, and there weren't, like – you know, I, I would say, if anything, the Chiefs got the worst end of it because they had scoring plays that were altered because of penalty yeah. or big turnovers that were uh, disallowed because of penalty, um, penalties. So, but I think maybe the biggest, the worst call though was the no call, I think, in um, Philadelphia when at the, at the very beginning, mm. uh, when Devontae uh, Smith. Uh, caught what well, looked like he caught the ball, but he did not catch the ball. Well, it was called a catch. It was called a catch, and, and then not, they hurried not it challenged. Up, and it wasn't challenged. Um, maybe I think you could say one thing that was inconsistent was the use of assistance from New York. That the you know maybe New York should have looked at the play and gotten a word to the officials to kind of reconsider because they they did that a few times in the Chiefs game. I think yeah. when, like when Mahomes threw that pass, when it turned out he, his knee was down before he threw it, mm-hmm. they did. Um, they didn't uh, a couple, and it seemed like maybe that's possibly what happened when Tony didn't get his catch. I don't know, um, but I didn't. You know, for the most part, the officiating didn't determine the outcome of either of those games because mm-hmm. it was either the play on the field or the injuries on the field. That probably the different factor. In the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because San Francisco was definitely affected by their injuries to the point where, yeah, they were reduced to a run offense only and really no other option. And then, and they then it, you know, they were the team that that was penalized more in in their game. But most of the penalty calls in that game were not questionable, <laughs> like. The uh, unnecessary roughness where a player is like literally punching another player trying to get the ball loose, but it's just punching the guy in the arm. 
yeah on haymaker style punches like how does that not get fly i mean how i mean how that's not crucial that is that's clearly something you're not supposed to do yeah and like their personal foul penalties that weren't weren't terribly like controversial either you know like there's a lot of fighting between the teams that was a very chippy Mm -hmm. game i think probably because Purdy got hurt um but I, i didn't yeah that was neat i'd say I was really disappointed in how that game turned out because just because of what, what happened. And like, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit. We can talk about now or, or later, but like the Eagles didn't end up playing a 49ers team that we thought, we thought that was going to be a good game because the 49ers were coming on such a high. Uh, the Eagles were a very good team too. They have very, two of the best rosters overall mm-hmm. in the NFL. Uh, and, you know, I think there was a good argument made that the way Purdy was playing with the 49ers, the 49ers were actually the better team coming in. Um, I, I thought maybe Philadelphia would pull it out simply because it was in Philadelphia. But, um, yeah, that, that, that game just was awful. And <laughs> I don't know if there's anything we can learn from that game. Do you think there's yeah, anything? So, yeah, so, yeah, did, did you think we learned anything in, in the game? Like, well, I is, think is Philadelphia really, um, you know, twenty four points better than San Francisco? Yeah, I think the things that I think were that if you listen to like the national media or like pay attention to like you know, I think it's pay attention to talking heads on sports, it's that the Eagles are awesome and they destroyed the 49ers. I I think that's one interpretation you can have, but I think it's less in good score, than, in score that's accurate i guess score, it's accurate but it's not it's not an accurate determination of what happened i think i think that's actually yeah. i think there are three three real uh conclusions we could possibly draw one is that the eagles are very good and they won big two is that well the eagles um haven't played anyone in the playoffs there's uh they certainly haven't played anyone at full strength. At full strength. The Giants quit after the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, the maybe again, you can maybe say, well, it's because the Eagles were so dominant, but you know, the you know, the 49ers didn't have a quarterback for three quarters of the game. Um, you know, their fourth string or lower for about three quarters of the game. And so like, I, I don't there what they didn't play any, or we could say, well, the Eagles still didn't even do that well against a super depleted 49ers team because they only had mm-hmm. you know less than 260 yards of offense total Jalen Hurts threw for 120 yards you know you could say well this is because the, the you know the the Eagles were resting everybody and weren't trying to win but like I think that goes back to saying we have no idea how good this Eagles team is because right. they haven't they haven't played anybody uh in weeks that was that when you know, I guess you could say because Jalen Hurts went out, um, you know, four weeks with four weeks left in the regular season, he but was they had injured. Such a big lead. Most of the games they were playing weren't really meaningful. Yeah, he really he, right. Yeah, I. Um, so they, was, yeah, they still only managed to average three point eight yards per per play with a healthy roster. While you look at the Chiefs, averaged five point four yards to play with no receiving core and the quarterback with only one leg. So, uh, yeah, and I and I think you could argue that I don't think the Bengals' defense is much worse 
than the 49ers defense or the Eagles defense. I think maybe as a team on both sides of the ball, you might even say the Bengals have, I'd say they have the best offense of those three teams. And I think their defense is comparable to those three teams um, because they have, they, have a, they have by far the best quarterback of those three, Burrow. And I think they have, I'd say, you could say maybe the Eagles have, and the 49ers have skill position players that rival the Bengals players. But I think, you know, Jamar Chase, Antonio Brown, Debo Samuel, they're all top, top talents. T. Higgins, uh, uh, Devontae Smith, uh, uh, you know, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, you know, they're all, they're all great players. But I don't think, even though Hertz was a solid quarterback this year, I don't, he's not in Burroughs League. And, I don't think, and neither is, of course, Brock Purdy. This is his first year. He might, he might become a great player. Who knows? But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think, I think the Bengals were by far um, the most complete team of those. And and you could say also they play in the tougher conference. They played AFC teams most of the year rather than NFC teams. Mm-hmm. And you know the the of the of the final four. Uh, matchups that had occurred, you know, of the teams in the final four, the Chiefs and 49ers had played early. They're the only two that had played each other, and the Chiefs blew out the 49ers and scored 44 points on their defense. And so, I do, I do, yeah, I don't know what we can, you know, the, and, the, and the Eagles, of course, blew out the 49ers, but, you know, I don't, I don't know what we can learn. And if anything, I would say the AFC was better this year than the NFC. Was that, was that your? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least, at least among the playoff teams, maybe, maybe in the maybe the bottom, middle to bottom, NFC might have had it. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I think see, it's, it's probably I think it's a lot because of quarterback play, and you know, we think you know, we t- I think we before we started this, we talked about who were the top quarterbacks uh, on the Eagles' schedule. Mm-hmm. and Philadelphia played you know um, so most going from most recent to previous I, I don't think we'd say Daniel Jones or um, Andy Dalton would be top five maybe he would I don't know maybe maybe Jones but Dak Prescott maybe would be on there uh, current Aaron Rodgers uh, they played Trev Prescott twice. Trevor Lawrence, they beat the Jaguars earlier. Um, that was when the Jaguars were not very good, week five. Um, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, are those like the top five quarterbacks they've played against? It's not exactly a murderer's row of, of opponents, I don't think. You, get, you know, you can only play the players that – you can only play the teams that you're scheduled against. But Right. Um, you know, but but it, it I, did seem that they happened to catch some of the teams when their quarterbacks were hurt too. So, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, I think you could argue even if you think the Eagles are really good, they haven't really? been tested against good teams. So, like you might say in the Super Bowl, they play the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to be by far the best team that they've played because they have a quarterback and their team is going to be better than whatever the shell of the 49ers team 
was that yeah and they and they had managed the shell of the 49ers still i still did manage to keep hurts in check at least anyway so yeah um yeah so if the, if the chiefs are relatively healthy and they can keep hurts in check then they're gonna have a chance anyway with that even if they are really injured yeah i think you i think you could still make the argument that the, the you, I, I don't believe this but i think you could logically make the argument that the Eagles were the best team in the NFL this year. Maybe if Hurts doesn't get hurt, they're 16 and one. And mm-hmm. they, they, you know, but they didn't play anybody. And even in the playoffs, they didn't play anybody. And it's yeah. one of those things where that could be very, very good because they're going to be well rested. They're going to be not injured, you know. But maybe you could also say, well, they haven't been in a tough game or they're going to be rusty because they haven't actually played for months. So like, it's one of those things, is, is it rest or is it rust that's going to happen, even if you think they're really good? And I'm not even sure there's evidence that they're really, really good or not because of the opponents. So, um, and, I, and, and going in, I think, you know, I, I think the Eagles could certainly beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but, um, you know, it's a one-time and game. They're currently favored, I believe, right? Is that uh, favored by one and a half now? Yeah. These, yeah. The Chiefs, I think, opened as like one or two-point favorites, and then the public betting line just, uh, okay. quickly went to the Eagles. I think that's all. That's the same, basically, the same thing. Also, that happened in the Cincinnati game. Yeah. The, the, the Chiefs opened as I mean one or two-point favorites, and then it quickly went to plus two and a half. Uh, Chiefs plus two and a half. And now, uh, and then when we made our bets. Last week it was Chiefs plus one and a half, and right now I think it's Chiefs plus one and a half against the Eagles. So there's still a lot of time. I think we aren't going to make bets today, but I think if we were going to make bets, this would be the time to bet on the Chiefs because I think the, yeah. the line will probably drift towards. Uh, should should we just go ahead and make one bet right now with the line where it is, and then we can make another bet next week, wherever the line is then too. Ooh, I might be interested. I I think we're gonna make the same bets, aren't we? I know because that, that's why it's like it doesn't really matter. I mean, we're both gonna pick the Chiefs, plus or minus whatever it's gonna be. I think we're probably both gonna end up picking the Chiefs. I'm assuming. Does that sound I, right? Yeah, I'm not. I, well, then over I, over unders. Does it matter where the over under line is? You're gonna pick one or the I other automatically, so. or I don't think so. I I would see where it drifts. I would I would be inclined. What is the over under line right now? I, did, I haven't looked yet. Yeah. I'll say it's like 47, 49 and a half. So a little higher, but the weather's going to be a lot nicer. Right. In Arizona, that is. And it was in uh, Kansas City or Philadelphia. It wasn't, it wasn't cold in Philadelphia, but it was, it was kind of windy and rainy. But it does seem like the, the way the commercials, commercial breaks fall, that it does make the game more disjointed and how the length of the halftime show. Yeah. That's the true. players aren't quite as, the play of the actual game isn't necessarily quite as high quality as a mm-hmm. regular season game. Well, uh, the yeah, so for it goes off timing. Well, we can think of the recent Super Bowls that the Chiefs and the Eagles have been in. Um, so the, the Chiefs lost to the Buccaneers when Mahomes was hurt and mm-hmm. the offensive line was bad. Was that 34 to 9? Wasn't that the score? Something like that. That's like 43 would be the so I block that under. out of my memory. Mike, I they won, they, they that, won. that actually happened? <laughs> we, yeah, we took a two-year hiatus almost for <laughs> from the Winter Power Hour because we were so distraught about after that game. Um, but I think the Chiefs the Chiefs won against the 49ers 50, 31 to 20. That, so that would be a 51 total. So that would be over 49 and a half. And I think yeah. the Eagles, wasn't the Eagles 
uh, Patriots Super Bowl. Wasn't that super high scoring? I think that one was pretty high. Forty-one to thirty-three. So yeah, that would have been way way over. So way over. So like you could say that two of them are over. One's way over, and the one that's under wasn't that far under. So like, yeah. And you think I would say the Chiefs are healthier than the Chiefs turned out to be, mm-hmm. yeah, or will be healthier even because I think they'll they'll have some of those injuries, and they aren't injuries to the line. They're going to be injuries to skill For position sure. players. I think Mahomes will be better in two weeks than he really turned out to be. Then he turned because he needs surgery on his foot right after the Super Bowl loss. It turned out he had this wasn't something that we were really aware of. I think we knew that he yeah. was, was a little bit hobbled, but um, he had turf toe and he was yeah he had surgery on his foot. So and it seems like this high ankle sprain is not going to require surgery. So I just so I don't I, I I tend to think I would go with the over if I had to pick one. But, yeah. Most of these playoff games have been going under, at least since the wild card weekend. Like, yeah. been going it's like almost under. all of them went over in the wild card week. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, and that was also a week that neither the Chiefs nor the Eagles played. And, we, and we already know it, it is a very uh, flag happy ref crew for the Super Bowl, is it not? Oh, yeah. It's Carl Sheffers, our old friend. The arch he was the referee in the Super Bowl two years ago. It seems odd that he gets to be the Super Bowl referee again. It's only been two years. Yeah. Even if you think he's a great referee, it seems like a lot of I don't and, and I don't think Jefferson is very good. He's we talked about him before. He just calls a lot of penalties, and I'm pretty sure he shouldn't even be working at Foot Locker. That's <laughs> so Travis Kelsey said he has he had a lot of good quotes after the uh, the you know the Burrow had my ass one, the the one about like- the, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati mayor who. Uh, um, had like this horribly tone deaf and poorly delivered taunt to Mahomes as being, you know, Joe, because Joe, because Joe Burrow had won, you know, three games by a field goal each. That means that, you know, the, the Joe Burrow right. and the uh, Bengals the need for owned paternity test. the uh, Chiefs. So, so, yeah, we need a paternity test. But that was, so, it was like so, ob- like it was just poorly, poorly done. Like I would, I don't, you know, I'm, I think. You know, I think um, what was the name of the the mayor? I think he's a Democrat. I, so even though, even if you, uh, even if you know, I vote, I would vote for you know a Democrat over anybody. But, Based I, on I, but if I were a Cincinnati resident, I wouldn't vote for him for mayor. <laughs> so as a taunt, then which taunt was worse, the Cincinnati mayor or Andrew Wiley's flagged taunting penalty? Uh, Aftab Puraval. Um, he is younger than we are. He was born in 1982. Jeez. Um, Wasn't uh, Jerry Springer mayor of? Cincinnati? He was, and uh, and uh, that and oh, uh, the mayor of Kansas City, Quentin Lucas, is actually younger than that. He's he's 84. So I don't we feel old that the mayors of, our, of those two cities are younger than? Yes, we are. And do you remember? Do you remember, I think I told this. Do you remember we used to socialize? With Mayor Lucas, or somewhat, with with his circle at least, anyway. His I circle. I don't remember yeah. talking to him personally, but I did a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, I talked to him a little bit. I think he was uh, at maybe he was because I because I, I had taught a little bit at KU, 
And I yeah. think maybe he had done, he uh, had was teaching at KU. So I think that's what we talked a little bit about. Um, but yeah, he was, he seemed, you know, nice-ish, but kind of in an oily politician kind of way to me. But, yeah, well, he was also a, you know, Po, po, you know, politician type of attorney. So, like, yeah, he was, you know, so, so, yeah, uh, but he's using nice stuff. But, yeah, um, um, yeah, so that's, you know, so, you know, we have that. But, yeah, uh, Aftab Puraval, I would not, uh, I would not vote for him, even if I lived in Cincinnati and like this. You would now vote against him because of that taunt. Basically, did, did, did you yeah. like um, Kelsey's use of the, uh, the term jabroni? Jabroni. I did. I did. I like the use of the term jabroni. Usually, I say what I say is I call. I, if I call somebody a jabroni, I, I would call them a jabron. I have that. I, I use the kind of American Italian accent yeah. where, like, they don't use the. It's like the Sicilian. They don't use the, uh, uh, the 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 final vowel a lot of the times. Um, you know the gabagool. Uh, right. Paisan. You know, it's like you know you don't say paisan. I'm using paisan. You know, it's 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 the you drop that last last vowel. Yeah. Uh, this was yeah. straight WWE. Mozzarella, pepperoni. You know, it's one of yeah. those. It's, yeah, uh, gabagool. You know, you don't say the capicola. You say, you know, you don't, you don't say the end. Or uh, yeah, I'll be in, in New Haven. Uh, they have you know famous pizza in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, and the best pizza I've ever had. Uh, and it's called and it's spelled a pizza, a p i z z a. Uh, and and if you go to the the authentic ones in the New Haven area, but they pronounce it a beats. Uh, they with a B sound instead of a P and no A sound at the end. So oh. and you get mozzarella uh, on it. So like uh, so I like I like that. So I like to say jabron uh, instead of jabron. yeah. Um, it sounds more Italian. And because jabroni with an I on the end of it is would be a plural. Uh, I, yes. I, you know you can say instead jabron, of an yeah. O for the singular. Yeah, the jabron. Yes. Or jabroni. Yeah, it might be jabroni. I don't know. I don't think it is yeah. Italian, but it sounds Italian. So, um, well, I mean, it was it was purely WWE, um, like The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson taunt, which is I'm pretty sure where he pulled that phrase from. Directly. Oh, but it, it is a real Italian. I'm looking it up right now. The term jabroni originated. Do you know which wrestler? It was pre-rock. Which wrestler? popularized the use of the term jabroni when it was still the WWF. I'll give you a hint. Give you a hint. Um, he was a, a heel. And, <laughs> That's and, really narrow down. and he also wore For half the roster. Uh, interesting boots that had a curly kind of toe on the end of them. Oh. Um, the only guy I can remember that wore the curly toe boot was uh, like for the Iron Sheik. It is the Iron Sheik. <laughs> Great. Uh, Hussein Khosro Ali Vaziri, known as the Iron Sheik. He was uh, uh, from Iran. He popularized that term and backstage to describe his uh, opponents, uh, it says. But um, it seems like it does come from early 20th century Italian uh slang a kind of dialect of jambone which means hand uh so you may call somebody a hand you know, like, you know yeah. so jambone sure. so that's where it comes from uh but i think that's uh interesting but so i so i think even if you use it that way jambone a ends in an e so 
even yeah. though, uh, or something. So my my jabron is is more accurate to the original Italian and American Italian heritage, but it's less accurate when it comes to uh, the most popular usage from the rock, which is jabroni. Right. Uh, right. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did you see the the rock? Uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson, I guess now he I don't think he is the rock anymore. In it. Uh, in anything is he does he still wrestle at all does he ever come back was he just i lose? don't think so yeah too big a star but he uh supported uh kelsey's use of that term yeah <laughs> and kelsey did mention that jerry springer was a better mayor than the current yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's great the and, uh, and kelsey is was was went to the university of cincinnati of course that's right yeah and chris He's jones from... had some pretty strong words for the uh mayor of cincinnati as well yeah and Frank Clark did, and uh, yeah, it, that was just like if I were a Bengal, that would have been like I would have been so mad. Yeah, about that. Because well, so obviously they the Chiefs took it a little personally because they several different players mentioned it mm-hmm. after the game was like immediately over. So like it was still you know fresh enough on their minds that they were they were, I mean it really did become bulletin board material, right? Yeah, so it was, it's one it of those things. I've become cool. more and more convinced that bulletin board material is real. Partly because if you watch like the Michael Jordan documentary or whatever, he imagines some sort of beef or slight, and that makes him go like be very, very competitive. So even if it's not real in real life, but like it's um, it's perceived to be real just so you can get a competitive edge over somebody. It's like, you know, like the Chiefs, like become a professional athlete, you probably have to have like really near sociopathic levels of competitiveness. Right? Yeah, because like you know, these are yeah. people that you know beat out everybody else on their high school teams, everybody on the college teams to make it to the pros and be on a very good pro team. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it, even if they have you know a lot of talent, there's still it's still hard to make the NFL, and you have to like you know put in hours and hours a day. Like the coaching staff, you know, they work you know uh, eighty hour weeks at least. Yeah. Each one of them, and like so, like there's a you know they're and. You know, none of those, you know, even Andy Reid, who seems like he's laid, laid, you know, laid back, easygoing, he probably wakes up at, you know, five every morning and goes to bed at midnight or something, you know. It's, yeah. Do you, do you think he has a whiteboard right next to his bed so he can, like, fall asleep with the the dry erase marker writing plays on this on a whiteboard that is, like, <laughs> immediately next to his bed? Do you think? <laughs> it's possible. It's, yeah, yeah, next to a, you know, a large stack of uh takeout menus i'm sure uh, <laughs> yes like yeah that's it's you know those you know, it's it, 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 like for a normal person you would say well, maybe we'll tune that out but i think for like extremely extremely competitive people that's something that is used as a kind of extra fuel and i think well, maybe maybe just to provide some additional focus though too for like what what are you doing this for yeah, maybe, and maybe, maybe it was just if you just provide some extra focus, then, extra focus. Yeah. yeah, and maybe it, again, it's probably you know objectively it's stupid to worry about, but like yeah. subjectively it, it seemed to make a difference in the borough head talk and all that stuff. Like that was maybe it was just the first thing on their mind if they won, but like yeah, I think that I think that influenced <clears throat> them throughout the game. But yeah, so individually and then even as a collectively as a team, they seem to have really you know taken that as a fuel then too so so is is that bulletin board material do you think 
more important than home field advantage in games? Hmm. That's hard to say. I think, I think home field advantage is less important than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Partly because I think um, stadiums aren't quite as big as they used to be because of, and they aren't quite filled quite as much with really, really screaming fans because there are more luxury boxes mm-hmm. and fewer s- seats total. Like Arrowhead used to have 78 or 79,000. I think it's down to 73,000 now. And they have, and a lot of the, you know, the increase in number of seats went to the, you know, the middle deck, which is empty, even, you know, it's the people behind the glass, uh, you know, enjoying their cocktails and their, you know, uh, nice buffets and things like that. During the middle deck has, has heat lamps now too. It's um, like up underneath the overhang. Oh yeah. It's like a ring of, of heated areas. So like the seats that are very close to the very top of the middle deck. Yeah. Are a quite, quite warm i got to sit yeah. down there for one game where like i had to take my coat off <laughs> in the middle of the winter because it was so hot underneath the, the heat yeah line. yeah it was it's crazy i think so. it's also easier for away fans to get tickets than it used to be because they can buy them online where he's like oh yeah like when it was like the days of uh ticket master or you know, going to the stadium finding a scalper mm-hmm. to get secondary tickets like that was much harder and yes. also with more kind of corporate seats or like fair, like, like kind of rich guys in the middle deck selling t- their tickets. It's, it's so like, I think the, there's less of a home field crowd. So there's more, I think yeah. there's more, more, I think like even when I went to the game against the Steelers a few years, I was, I guess last year, it was the um, regular season uh, penultimate game when they beat the Steelers really bad. And then they went to Cincinnati and lost. And then they came back and beat the Steelers really bad again in the, in the wild card round. Um, there were a lot of Steelers people there. Yeah. And of course, uh, my girlfriend and I, we bought the, the tickets. We got them on the secondary market. And she's from Pittsburgh. So we could, you know, we're, you know, uh, we easily could have been Steelers fans and gotten, you know, those seats. Uh, so yeah. it's, I think, and I saw, I think I saw a lot more away people at game, I, at games now than I used to. I don't know if that's just anecdotal or I just don't remember. I haven't been to that many Chiefs games. But yeah. I think it's easier to like well, when I looked at, harder to, to actually, you know, get rid of tickets that you had too. Cause like if you're a season ticket holder, which most of Arrowhead is season ticket tickets, mm-hmm. you couldn't just, you know, click a few boxes and, you know, post your seats as being available 10 years ago. You know, you would have had to actually like, know somebody to sell it to which probably was going to be a friend of yours who's probably going to have the same you know be the same fan type that you are um yeah you're probably not going to give the tickets to somebody that's the uh a fan of the other team mm. if you or, have control over who gets them yeah so, or it would be like a local kind of broker like tickets for less or something like that you know like the, the east advertise on the, on the radio i don't know they still yeah. do on sports radio but like it would be like well you still have to go to kansas city to buy them like if you wanted like if you were a cincinnati fan really you probably would have to buy your tickets after you made your flight yeah and, or driving arrangements and got there and so like you know if you did like so you, it's possible you, you would end up in kansas city and not be able to get seats mm. uh, Whereas I think people now they get their seats ahead of time and then they make travel arrangements after they get their tickets. Um, yeah. So like you know, so I think it's 
yeah, I, so I, I think that's one reason that home field advantage isn't, like, isn't as big. Um, also, maybe you can say, well, uh, you can say visiting locker rooms are much nicer than they used to be. I, I would guess that they're not as nice as home locker rooms, but I'm sure they're nicer than like, yeah, you know, the visiting dressing room in old candlestick park or, you know, or right. these old, you know, pre-renovated soldier field or something, you know, they would have just been like high school locker rooms with things. So I think that the amenities are much nicer for the opposing teams. And that's my, that's, that's my two cents anyway. So I think home field yeah. advantage is less. Well, what was the question? Uh, is, is home field advantage or bulletin board material? Bigger? What's more important? I think it depends on the game. Because <laughs> sometimes there's not any bulletin, really any big bulletin board stuff to draw yeah. from. So, but like, like recently, the Chiefs have won multiple games where bulletin board material has become relatively important. But they were both also home games. So you can't really tease that out of the recent games. Yeah, of the playoff games this year, um, there were in the AFC. I think there was only one road team that won a game, and that was Cincinnati at Buffalo, right? Um, because the AFC, one yeah, because all the one the one through four won the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they all yeah. So Cincinnati's the only road team that won, yes, correct. And then in the NFC, Dallas won at Tampa. <clears throat> right. And New York Giants won at Minnesota. So there were two yeah. wild two two oh, out of right, the yeah. so two out of the three wild card games were uh away. But then it was both home teams the next round, home team. So two out of so two out of the um six games three so three out of the 12 games i guess were one by home teams are the 12 i guess there's three then two then one eight and then six right yeah they're just trying to see how many games so like in wildcard weekend there were three for each oh, side three, oh six yeah six six four, games, two games and there's two for each side six was yes. four and then, and then two games so it's 12 total yeah. so there were three three um so seventy five percent of the home teams won this yeah. year, which I think is probably higher than it's been recently, because this is the first this is the first time that in a long time I think the two number one seeds have made it right. Yeah. Um, two number one seeds have. Uh, so yeah, it's been know, a very very chalky though, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. Do you know? So uh, this is the so uh, this this is the first time since the Philadelphia Eagles and New England Patriots played in 2017 that both number one seeds have made it. Uh, so it's the first time since 2017. Uh, that year, it says four. It was the fourth time in five years that the top seeds in each conference made it. But then, then that, before that, it says only once. Between 1994 through 2012, both number one seeds made it, and that was a Colts Saints year. Wow. So, uh, so it's since 1994, it's only happened um, for six six times. Well, that's surprising, I think, isn't it? 
Seems so. I guess a couple of those years it was the Chiefs as the number one seed when they always lost the first game. So (laughs) because that also happens. (laughs) Three of those thirteen and three years. Uh, I think maybe we were the number two seed one of those times, but uh, it still ended up with the home field advantage because of the one seed lost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And but yeah, there's a lot of road. Uh, So so yeah, maybe maybe it maybe home playoff. Advantage is not as big a thing as we think, but um, I don't know. So, me, so the short answer, the long answer was the one I just gave you. A short answer is, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> great. As Reverend Lovejoy uh, once put it, um, uh, long uh, short answer was it, I think I, I'll probably mess. I'll probably mess it up, but it goes short answer yes with an if, long answer no with a but. <laughs> nice <laughs> um which one is more i guess it would be yes is 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 home field advantage more important yeah but what do you think I, I rambled a lot i like your uh second answer of the i don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we'll configure that out from the super bowl to see what bulletin board material comes around yeah, I don't uh, think there because because it's not a home game for anybody, right? So it's not a home game. I don't think there is a lot because partly because I think it's Andy Reid associated with both teams, and as we as we found out just earlier today, Nick Sirianni was a Chiefs assistant for four years during the Todd Haley Romeo Cornell years, mm-hmm. and then he um, left when Andy Reid got hired and eventually, of course, became the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles after spending some time on the Indianapolis Colts staff. Uh, so both of the so there's there's those connections. There's also the Kelsey brother connection. And I don't think there's really bad blood between the two teams like there was between the Bengals and yeah. Chiefs. So and this is also one of those games where like, you know, you can't say that like, you know, like there were like people saying that, you know, if Burrow won, like if the Bengals won against the um, Chiefs again that like Burrow would somehow be a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, which made no sense. Yeah, but, but that's what people were, were saying because I think you know this idea that quarterbacks it doesn't have to make sense, but people win games that. somehow, and and you know they 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 do, but they don't play against the other quarterback. They don't win the game by being better than necessarily the quarterback. It's it's they have a better game perhaps against the defense. That they're playing against than the other quarterback does against the defense he yeah. is playing against. and in most of those cases when, it, when it's Mahomes uh playing his defense is not as good as the defense that he's playing especially when they get higher up in the playoffs so it's and you know I think he has a much higher degree of difficulty usually um and I don't think people are saying that you know like Jalen Hurts is going to be the new Mahomes if he wins the Super Bowl was that he it may need a paternity test to determine yeah, yeah. if he is Mahomes' father. Yeah, uh, I don't think the mayor of Philadelphia is going to do that. I don't <laughs> think they're... You don't know. Gonna... You don't know that. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. I don't think naming the stadium, the Glendale Cardinal Stadium, after Hertz is really going to piss the Chiefs off because it's not worth play. Like, there's a little, like, I don't know, Super Bowls are usually more sterile because the team's... Or from different conferences, 
and also because of the crowd that's going to be there because it's a natural site yeah and i think there's also because partly there's a lot of hype being built up but like it's not usually animosity hype that gets built up it's you know people are players are going to be so, nervous on both it's sides emotion more than than uh, like fight picking right yeah i think so usually you know it's yeah so it's one of those things as well i think the teams kind of hang out together a little bit before the game because they have to both go through the media days mm. and things like that so like not that they're hanging out but they're like on the field together more probably <laughs> right more time. not hostile scenarios and they're and they're both usually road teams in that environment so like it's i yeah i don't remember there are like we said brothers on either side of the, mm-hmm. the team too so do, there's do some recall, kind of bridge there yeah do you recall any fights that broke out in super bowls I'm not thinking of it anyway. Looking it up. Um, I'm sure it's gotten a little chippy at times. Maybe you could say like when like there's Super Bowl rematches, like when the Bills played the Cowboys twice in a row or something. Yeah. Maybe there would be a little, but like, yeah, these, or yeah, I don't. I don't remember any of those. It just. It seems like it's a. Yeah, I. I like the NFC Championship game had a lot of fights, and I think the, um, in the Chiefs. Bengals wasn't, you know, chip free, either. So, it wasn't as chippy as the, uh, San Francisco, uh, Philly game though. That one. That one. No, got not at all. A couple times. Yeah. That had a lot of. Yeah, that was a lot of fighting. I guess you could say there was a little bit of animosity between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. In their Super Bowl, when Tyron Matthew got, uh, flagged for yelling at, uh, Brady. Yeah. That was also because the Chiefs and Buccaneers had played earlier that year. Mm-hmm. In Tampa, and it was like a road game again. It was a home game for Tampa, road game for the Chiefs. So, yeah. And the Chiefs but, had lost to Brady in the AFC Championship game. You yeah, a couple of years before. Yeah, there was there was, there was more connection yeah. I think between those two teams. Yeah, and traditionally there is, like, the Chiefs haven't played the Eagles for three or four years. I don't yeah, think. And yeah. They only play. They only play every four years, anyway. So, yeah, I think the, the game is going to have like more meaning probably for Andy Reid than than a lot of the scenarios that you typically get out of Super Bowls, right? It's it's more more of his legacy on the line than yeah, much, really. Yeah, or Sirianni, or it's like it's the play. You know, it's legacies for both the players and the teams. Mahomes yeah. has a big. Is it's a lot like you, you know you say well he would be. I guess one and two in Super Bowls if he lost. He'd have two Super Bowl victories if he won. And that's, yeah, as, you know, that's more than a lot of. Well, if the Chiefs want to claim players. some kind of potential dynasty, then yeah, as many as you can. <laughs> and yeah. you could say this is the Eagles' real chance because in a couple of years, actually next year, I think they're going to have to, or they'll, they'll have to offer Hertz a contract because he was a second round draft pick. So he only has a four year contract going on. So, like, after this game, They'll probably have to offer him a new contract, you know, and then they'll pay him, you know, uh, fifty million dollars or whatever the going maybe rate uh, 
Did you see the um, the new the new cap number um, was released? It's a lot yeah, higher right? today. Yeah, I think it was like about sixteen plus million more than this year. So the yeah. Chiefs are actually in really good shape, I guess, for a future season. Yeah, the two hundred twenty four point eight million. It says if it was the like Chiefs sixteen point four million. I think from this year. Yeah, so the Chiefs are the only team of the final four that had a quarterback not playing on his rookie deal. Yeah, at least the starter. I guess Garoppolo wasn't, but he wasn't the starter in yeah um, San Francisco. And he, I mean, he's not making as much as you know Mahomes is anyway. But like, so its idea is like you if you have a cheap quarterback, a good player who's you know not being able to pay be paid their their worth. Right. In the first few years, you can you can get the talented roster. Like the Chiefs, what the Chiefs had when um, they went to the Super Bowl the first time, when they have, you know, Tyreek Hill and, and you know, all these players. Right. Ron Matthew and, you know, all these defensive stars and, and, you know, they couldn't have as many of those. And so the Eagles right now have a, I guess, a more talented overall roster. More balanced, at least yeah. uh, financially balanced roster, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they're going to have to start paying some people. And so, like the, the idea of the window might close. And that's something that might happen to the Bengals, even because they have really good top end talent, and they aren't going to be able to pay T. Higgins what he wants, Jamar Chase what he wants, and Joe Burrow what he wants, probably, with also trying to keep the defense intact. Right. Um, it's they're going to have to figure out how to balance all that yeah. when they get to it. And the Chiefs have done pretty well with that, probably because they drafted so many. Yeah. Players the last couple of years that have been really good. Do we, do we want? Do we want to talk about the bets? Let's do that right now. Yeah, since we've we've we've, we've uh, rambled a lot, we've rambled a lot about the games. So let's talk. I guess so. We, we uh, let's talk about the Eagles 49ers first, sure. since that was our uh, first game chronologically. Uh, we each made a, a bet on the spread and a bet on the over under, and we also made a prop bet related to one of the players. Um. My, we didn't have much to, success with the prop bets, did we, Mike? Yeah, we had no success with the prop bets. Uh, we were over four on, on but, and by much I mean none. Yes, or, yeah, over. Oh, I guess over four total on our prop <laughs> right. bets this this one. Uh, um, I had the prop of I think uh, Jalen Hurts over seventy rushing yards. I think it was it would have paid three hundred plus three hundred or something like that. That's right. Uh, and he didn't get that high. Heart, maybe because his shoulder was hurt, but also because he didn't need to, because the game was so lopsided. It was more of the second part there, because he he jumped so. to thirty nine yards, I think, relatively yeah. early, and then he they just didn't need to. He had a couple of big runs ball. early in the second half. Yeah, so he had a couple he, he just, like relatively long runs. Yeah, and then and then he then they didn't need to do it anymore. So yeah, my, my, mine turned out better than yours. So you could say, even though we both lost, you you lost your prop bet. Not, not in this case, more Almost than I did. Yeah, in the first drive, when uh, I had uh, Brock Purdy, uh, two hundred seventy-five plus passing yards, a plus three twenty, uh, and he had nineteen yards passing in the in the first drive, and then gets injured, and then it's like yeah, twenty-three total. He's probably not going to get there. No, he couldn't even. <laughs> as soon as yeah. as soon as he didn't come back out for the next drive, yeah, that that basically vaporized. Right? I'm surprised they just didn't have him like shovel pass forward. Like I thought maybe they would try something like yeah. they do with Mahomes and stuff, but. Oh, I have a I have a trivia question though for you about uh, okay. the 49ers backup quarterback, backup to the backup to the backup to the backup quarterback, Josh Johnson. Hey, one one thing before we start that did you did you watch the office? I did. Did you see like the very end of the office where they were hiring an assistant to the assistant to the regional manager? 
Yes. And uh, <clears throat> this is when Dwight was the manager. Yes. And Jim was the assistant to the regional manager. And Dwight became his own assistant to the assistant <laughs> to the regional manager. Yes. That's kind of what happened with Brock Purdy because he was the starting quarterback, but he was also the backup to the backup quarterback in this game. Yes. When, when he was healthy enough to play, but not yes. really healthy enough to just come back in on his own. Right. Yeah. 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 So he was, yeah. the, he was the backup. He was his own backups backup. And I don't think you can say that for many players, um, no. but that, that was, that was rock pretty for you. <laughs> but yeah, Josh Johnson has been in the league a lot longer than I had realized. Okay. He was in the 2008 NFL draft. 15 years ago, approaching. And so there are still only right now eight players from that draft. Eight of the 255 players drafted. I think that was 255. 252 players drafted. Only eight are still in the league. Hmm. Three are quarterbacks. Can you name them? Um, probably not. Uh, old. So, are any of them starting quarterbacks? Um. Yes, and has made at least one start this year, and has made. And the third guy has made an appearance this year. Ooh, that that's a in the playoffs or in the regular season. Yes. Both. <laughs> okay, I, I think not I a think start. I know. made an appearance, but not a start. Made an appearance, but not a start. Okay, I think I know that one. I'm guessing that one. I don't know. If, I don't know if, if Henny was drafted that year, but he's been around a while. So I think Chad Henny, maybe that's one maybe one reason why you asked the question because there's a chief involved. So I'm gonna say Chad Henny. That's one correct. of the He was the a second round pick, Miami Dolphins, 2008 out of, out of Michigan. Yeah, and he was like. He graduated like 12 years after Tom Brady did or something yeah, like that. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe maybe only 10 years. But there were like four, probably five starting quarterbacks at Michigan between Brady and – It looks like he was, he was actually only the third quarterback drafted – no, fourth quarterback drafted. The first two quarterbacks drafted are still in the league. So. I'm, I'm guessing – I can't remember when they started. It's e it's either Stafford or Matt Ryan. Um, Stafford is not correct. Okay, so Matt Ryan. So Stafford was the year after Matt Ryan. So like, I, 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 I forget which one. So I think Stafford was probably 2009 then. So Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Ryan drafted third overall. Boston College. Yes. Uh, by the Falcons. Okay. And the third quarterback. That's not Josh Johnson. Correct. He was the 18th overall pick. He has 18. played for, I think, three different teams. But has, has played some this season. Has played and... some this season. So, so I know that of the starters, Rodgers is older than that. Um, Brady is older than that. 
So I guess it's a backup, probably. Maybe maybe Andy Dalton. Maybe Andy Dalton. Is he around that that long? It's not. It's not Dalton, but. Hmm. Um. I I, I don't know. Can you give me another hint? He or has, he has made. Is, I believe, Derek Carr, is Derek Carr that old? appearance? One Super Bowl appearance. Um, that they did win actually. He, so he has won a Super Bowl. Is is that Nick Foles? Is he that old? No. Um. So was he a starter in the Super Bowl, or was he a? I believe so. In the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Super Bowl winning quarterback. Who wasn't just a guy on the team that won the Super Bowl? He was correct. The, this the deadline for the game: twenty-two of thirty-three, two hundred eighty-seven yards, three touchdowns, no picks. That's not bad. That's a good game. Was he Super Bowl MVP? Yes. Yes, he was. Wow. Good for him. Um, so, like, it's, I was thinking of the quarters have been around all the time. Geno Smith's been around almost that long, but I don't think he's, he never went to the Super Bowl or, or was a um, MVP of the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, impressive playoff resume. 10, uh, 10 and 5 is a record, though. It's pretty, that's not bad. Oh, is it Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco. Yes. I should have remembered him. Uh, Jets, sometimes second string or sometimes third, sometimes fourth string quarterback. Right. It didn't seem to make much sense. Yeah, it was kind of all over the place. Yeah. Delaware Blue Hen. Um, I think, do you remember, was it Tyler Palco or Tyler Thigpen? I can't remember which one. Horrible Chiefs quarterback, one of those horrible Chiefs quarterbacks. One of them actually caught, was named the starter at Pitt. And forced um, Joe Flacco to go to Delaware, really? University of Delaware, to play. And I, I, I think Palco. I want to say Tyler Palco, who was even worse than Tyler Thigpen, right? Palco um, went to Pitt. Yes. So what could be? Yeah, he went undrafted in two thousand seven. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Um, after replacing Walt Harris as head coach in spring of 20, 2005, Dave Wanstead, uh, former Bears coach, Miami Dolphins coach, famous mustache holder, uh, chose Palco over Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback during Pitt's spring training. Flacco was left to run Pitt's second team and eventually transferred Division One AA University of Delaware. There you go. My uh, knowledge of four Chiefs players. And their backstories have there uh, come through again. But um, yeah, so Flacco. Okay, interesting. Any other players that of, of note that are still in the league? Oh, that are still in the league from that draft. Now I've lost that page because I looked up Flacco and then Palco. Uh, end in, that's interesting that they both end in O as well. Right. Two let's syllable names. Let's see who the, who the Chiefs draft from that. Who was the Chiefs' first pick? Brandon was the, Albert was the first. The Chiefs. That was first the Glenn, That was the Glenn Dorsey. Glenn Dorsey was the first. They had two. They had, I looked it up just now. They had two yeah. first rounders. So Glenn Dorsey was number five overall. Albert was fifteen. So that was a decent draft. Yeah, Glenn Dorsey. And I think that I think that was the Brandon Flowers, uh, Brandon Carr, Jamal Charles draft. So, yes, one of the few really good drafts of that really bad era. 
of Chiefs football. Um, but yeah, there's one wide receiver still in the league, Matthew Slater. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's it's still in the league at least anyway. Yeah, there's not many players that are still there. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. Calais oh, Kittle. he's sort of he's sort of active, I guess. Yeah. Dwayne Brown, a tackle drafted by mm-hmm. Houston, still in the league, and, that, and that's it. I'm looking at it right now too. Oh, Calais Campbell's still in the league. Yeah, I, I said them like back to back, but oh, you yeah. did? I didn't hear it. Yeah. Okay, I was I was uh, looking looking at myself, I guess. I think you're already um, talking about Deshaun Jackson before. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Yeah, I was talking about Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Um, the guy, the, the 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 player who, of course, also played Randy Reed uh, for his best seasons on the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, back to our bets, I guess. Right. We want to finish that. Yes. So those are some, only, those some good trivia questions. Um, so then we also bet on the spread, of course. Yes. Um, I, uh, you, you, you bet the Niners plus two and a half, plus two and a half. I bet the Eagles minus two and a half. I thought it was going to be a close game, a good game. I thought maybe it would just be the home field advantage of the Eagles and the rookie Brock Purdy, maybe, you know, not being accustomed to that big a game on the road uh, that might determine it. And, you know, uh, it didn't end up mattering because Purdy got hurt, and there was no chance. We, didn't, we didn't find out if that had anything to do with it or not. Yeah, we didn't yeah. Even... Purdy got hurt. Yeah, Purdy was fine. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, although you could say, well, he had that fumble. Uh, that you know, if he even had gotten hurt, who knows? But yeah, so that didn't. It, so you're, you know, I, I kind of won that one by default. Uh, and early. You, early. Yeah, right. you knew that. <laughs> well, it was it was a little bit close for a little while mm-hmm. when McCaffrey had that touchdown run, but then at the end of the half, uh, the Eagles scored twice quickly. And it was 21-7 at halftime, and it seemed like it wasn't going to be close. I think what was not we thought might be close at that point was the over-under. Uh, was it 46 was the number? 46, yeah. We'd, we'd both taken the under. We'd both taken the under, and, and we both were right. Was, and, but I, yeah, that and when Purdy got hurt, my immediate thought was, I'm going to lose all three of these bets, and this is going to be a disaster of a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thankfully, the, uh, the score stayed low enough that I could at least get one of them. Anyway. Got the under. So yeah, you. So I, I was two and one in the. Or I guess I, I guess. And then, and then even as the like the the betting you know mentality when Purdy came back onto the field in the second half, it's like there's still a chance that they <laughs> come back. Like, I mean, there's not, but the no, betting line. Had... Yeah automatically goes to it's back it's back on the table the possibility okay. is back on the table mine right? my, yeah mine yeah back on the table. i thought the only thing that was back on the table possibly was the over which would have been bad for both of us so right <laughs> i didn't think the spread was gonna be threatened but it's one of those things where you think oh maybe if they just string a couple things together you never know what's gonna happen but yeah then it, it, uh, it, it became evident that yeah pretty wasn't actually able to throw and that he was just out there to hand the ball off or try to be a at least a mental threat yeah. to, to Philly to try to keep him uh, at least on their toes anyway. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you, I would have guessed that San Francisco would have been more effective because you think of Kyle Shanahan as being a very good running 
kind of coach and the 49ers always even if they don't have very good running backs they have a good running attack but now they actually have McCaffrey who whenever I see him I'm always surprised how tiny he is yeah did you notice that like how small he is there's some 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 picture of him shaking hands with Tom Brady like after the 49ers uh physically that small yeah he's tiny he's like five seven probably uh like so you can find that find the picture of um Maybe you can maybe you can add this in post uh, to our YouTube. Says he's five eleven, two oh five. He is not five eleven, from what I saw. While wearing six inch shoes, that you're saying something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's um, here's a YouTube clip of it, but yeah, I'll show you the. Uh, Just the size difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if unless Brady is six foot six, I think Brady is no pretty tall, though, isn't he? He's tall-ish, I think. He's maybe six three, six four. I think most quarterbacks are like in that area. Um, okay, I sent it to you, but like, there's a picture. Like Brady is easily a head taller, and um, McCaffrey is standing as tall as he can be, and Brady's kind of hunched over, and yeah, he's tiny, McCaffrey. And that's a little surprising because Ed McCaffrey, his dad was pretty tall uh, for a wide receiver, and his mom was like a professional athlete too, right? Like she was like a javelin thrower or something, or some yeah. sort of. Oh yeah, like, it's full. It's a full like. Uh, he comes up to like uh, Brady's, like me, almost nose. Maybe, I, but I think that's because he's leaning down, though, too. Like McCaffrey, like you see, for, fast forward like a couple of frames. Yeah, I don't think he's up to his head, and up to his chin. Even he might be at chin height, but like Brady is also kind of hunched and down because. That's funny. Talking to people because uh, most short compared to you. Is that true? I I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And short people always stay tall because um, they don't want to appear short, especially if you're a a man in a you know professional athletic context. I think there's a you know kind of fragile masculinity kind of thing going on. I, well, who is the who is the player who was interviewed by the the Dodgers player who was interviewed by that sideline reporter? And he stood on the bucket. Did you see that picture? I, I, I've seen the, the picture of it. Yeah, it's funny. And uh, he was interviewed by the semi-reported woman. And he didn't want to look like he was a foot, like a head taller, head shorter than the woman. And so he was standing on a bucket to appear taller. Yeah. Uh, and I think I, that's what I thought when I saw McCaffrey. Like he would have to stand on a bucket. That one, I, I looked through that, that video. And yeah, it does look like, one of the camera angles, like as it, as it like pans around, it makes that the difference look more. Yeah, I think, I think it looked like it looked like McCaffrey comes somewhere like in here to Brady. Where do you think? Chin? Some somewhere between the nose and. I think it's just barely chin. Brady, uh, Brady yeah. apparently is six four. So if there's a five inch height difference. 
I think five is, I think five would be at least above them. Because people's, because you remember like your eyes are halfway. Like, yeah. Like an artist, like your eyes are halfway up your head. Like we forget that. Like, yeah. You think, you know, people draw, like you think your eyes are higher, but like, you know, even if you have a big, you know, even if you don't have a big forehead, like it's still, you know, there's a lot of, um, it's, it's a lot of height yeah. above your eye. And, right. and uh, he does not come up to his eyes, that's for sure. No, and he—I would say he only comes up maybe to his nose because Brady is bending down. Maybe, yeah. So I—I—I I, 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 yeah, but also my my, my pet theory is that uh, uh, McCaffrey is tiny, and I've had that for a little while, especially at least since I've seen that picture. So I've I've kind of shrunk <laughs> him down in my mind. I think of him as like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire size, um, <laughs> five seven. Now Tom Cruise, Tom, automatically shrinking. He's Tom Cruise's height. He's 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 much closer to Tom Cruise's height, I would say, than he is to Tom Brady's height. That's probably that's probably true, though. Is how tall? How actually tall does do you think Tom Cruise? I'd say Tom Cruise is five six. I'm sure he's listed. I'm sure they say he's like five nine, but I bet he's probably well, this is a five five seven. He's listed so, at five seven. Okay. So they, if that is true. If all of those heights are accurate, then you are correct. McCaffrey is closer to Tom Cruise's height than Tom mm. Brady's height. Yeah. If the if the heights are accurate. If the heights are accurate. Two of them are likely not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yeah, I don't think they're missing. I don't think Brady's height is inaccurate. I think I think he is <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, it, you know, he would have these giant lifts in his shoes if you were in a movie or something like that. Like, uh, yeah, you get like, you know, De Niro, you know, De Niro or uh, Al Pacino, these tiny actors who are. Um, but yeah, yeah, McCaffrey's made, made up to like people for people to assume that they are much taller than they are. Right. That's what you just always assume that actors are huge. Yeah. Yeah. So Ed McCaffrey, the dad of of christian mccaffrey how tall is he listed as seven foot one he's six five no oh, that's taller than brady i remember because he was a tall he was a tall guy i remember when he played um and he um he's let's see he met his wife who was the daughter of an olympic olympic sprinter lisa syme I don't, I want to see a picture of her. <laughs> the first thing under Lisa McCaffrey is height. So it says she's only 5'2". But also it says she might be 5'6". So it depends. <laughs> kind of a big difference there. Well, let's like uh, McCaffrey's height. I'm sure he... Um, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it says, yeah, I don't know. He's short. He got it from his mom. Shortness. Because uh, it's, it's unusual to have, like, you know, we think of everybody, you know, getting taller as generations. Yeah. Goodbye. Like, um, yeah, how are you compared to your parents? 
I'm an inch. I'm an inch taller than my dad. Yeah. Um, you are much taller than your either of your parents. Yeah. Uh, do you have? Because you're six four or five. Six four. Yeah. Yeah. I'm six one, and my dad is about six feet tall. My little yeah. brother is six, like your height, six four ish. Um. Andy's that tall? Yeah, Andy's about. Yeah, he might be maybe an inch shorter than you. I'm not sure. Six three, six four. <laughs> it's like, wait, have I seen your brother in person since high school? I'm not sure. Yeah, Stephen. How tall is Stephen? Is he six feet tall? He's about or six feet he... tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those, yeah, it's, which is still much taller than my parents were. You know, yeah, I, at least I, I I think of it that way. Like, yeah, um, at least generations seem to be getting a little bit taller. Um, but. Anyway, we've, we've talked about McCaffrey being short for a very long time. Do, do we want uh, to get to the other game, Mike? Get to the other How game. How are we doing the other game, Spence? Better, yeah. right? Well, one of us did it better. Yeah, we both, again, missed the prop. I was agonizingly close, and you were fairly close in yours, I guess you would say. So well, talk about yours first, because I, I I have a sob story to uh... – Yeah, so I had um, Burrow at 325 plus passing yards. My thought there was that even if the Chiefs are way ahead and Cincinnati's going to be throwing a lot, Burrow ended up at 325. Uh, or if the Chiefs played poorly, uh, chances are Burrow would have still thrown for a lot of yards. And, uh, you know, I might be sad about the Chiefs not playing well, but at least I would get this one bet. Maybe that would rescue it. And it was, you know, none of those things really happened. It was kind of a, another scenario that was different. Well, uh, Burrow yeah. threw all right, but it, I think he had a couple of interceptions. It was sacked five times in the game. Uh, so ended up with like 270, I think, was his yards. What was that payout? Was it plus two? Plus 270. Plus 270. Yeah, it was very similar to my my projected plus 260 payout, which would have been, which would have occurred if there had been a Kadarius Tony anytime touchdown. And it looked right at the beginning that there was this great throw from Mahomes to Tony. He came down. We thought he caught it. It was ruled incomplete. Turns out that it was also on the replay incomplete. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, challenged that play. Uh, but it seemed like maybe it was ruled incomplete even before. Like, like I'm surprised the referee, or the, the, the officials could rule it incomplete because it, it looked like he caught it to me. Um and only from a specific angle, they could they saw the ball kind of rolling around. From a specific angle, slowed down because you see it hit the ground. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, the there is no possible way that an official saw that ball hit the ground. It is not possible. Yeah, I think part There's of it no was way. Tony. Tony did not seem happy when he got up. Like you would say, well, if he caught a touchdown like that in the playoffs, he should be happy. And it yeah. reminded me of a similar incident. A couple of years ago when Tyreek Hill was thrown a big long pass by Mahomes against the Broncos, I think, and it bounced around funny and Hill like actually hung around actually another player than back to him. Yeah. And it ended up landing like on his stomach or in his arm and he <clears> caught it, but Hill didn't think he caught it. He thought it probably hit the ground first. And because Hill didn't think he caught it, um, the chiefs didn't review the play because only after like two or three replays, later they realized oh he did catch it and by that point the chiefs had already started the next couple of plays and like the like it was like that it would have been a miraculous catch for hill 
Um, I guess I think Tony, I guess, really didn't catch it, but it was a little surprising that they ruled it. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was only because of the reaction. Like the like the only reason it was a react. The reason they didn't rule Hill's catch a catch is because or they didn't challenge it was because Hill didn't react. Yeah, and it's one of those things where maybe you should teach the players to be more positive. I guess, but um, I don't know if they review it. But you know, it's one of those things. So I, and then Tony got hurt like the two plays after. Right. He had like a catch that he had that also was not a touchdown. Yeah. And so ankle injury. I thought that he could get a running touchdown or a receiving touchdown. Turns out return, maybe even turn. Yeah. My, my instincts were right, but then he got hurt. And so that, 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 that fizzled. Um, We both. uh, So, and then uh, on the spread, I mean, on on the over under, um, the over under was 46 and a half. Um, it crept up after we had made that bet, but um, got up to like 47 or 48, even maybe 49 some places um, when Mahomes was seen as being a little bit more healthy as the week went on. But that game ended up being 23-20, so 43 total. It didn't make the over. So the under one, and you had bet on the under. So you, so you were positive there. I was not. I took, I took strategy directly from you by betting the unders instead of hoping for the over, just taking the under. And it paid off yeah. for me. <laughs> I'm taking your strategy. Yeah, and I, and I never listen to strategy. I, I know. I, I, when I think of the Chiefs, I always want to pick the over because I think there's <laughs> a lot of points. I think it's because my um, – yeah, I don't – you know, this is one of the things I have, I've kind of learned. I shouldn't bet on the Chiefs. But I don't know I because I, 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 I am influenced um, emotionally. But I guess still, I don't get the other picks usually right either. So it's, it's like 50 50. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but we were both right on the Chiefs because we, and we bet at the right time because uh, the spread ended up being, I think, the Chiefs minus one or two, even in some places. Yeah, I think one and a half, I think, was somewhere around where it closed. One and a half. It had gotten up the Chiefs minus two and a half at one point, even, I think, but then it went back down again. Um, but when we bet, was the final on and we, but when we bet, we got Chiefs plus one and a half, so we got a lot of value there, and they won anyway. So well, we, I think we both would have picked the Chiefs minus two anyway, though, right? Or not? I would have. I would have. Yeah, I would have too. We, any of, we still would have won, but I would have picked. Yeah, I. It would have been hard for me to pick the Chiefs anything below minus seven, probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't think One we're, we're going to have that scenario. I don't think in the uh, yeah in the next game either. No. So whatever we'll pick, I'll, I would pick the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are plus one and a half or plus two, depending on or one or something, depending on where you look right now to the Eagles. So I think I would one take, and a half is what I saw. So, um, should we? Can we reserve the right to bet the Chiefs here, or do we want to uh, wait until next week? Yeah, that's what I, I don't know. I think maybe yeah. I think we should just. Say we're going to bet the Chiefs minus one and a half now. Okay, we'll do Chiefs minus one and a half now and then worry about the other stuff later. And then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then if it changes positively, we can worry about that later. Okay. Or make an additional bet then or something. Okay. Let's say we made, I mean, because we're both going to bet Chiefs. Yeah. (laughs) Unless it gets like minus a real, yeah, we're real, we're real. um, Well, maybe we can bet another, make another bet on it later then too, right? We are disinterested, impartial observers. 
I can't. How can you be impartial? It's your team, right? Yeah, yeah. So I would bet the Chiefs plus one and a half. Uh, so we, so uh, on the whole, you were two and one in this game. I was one and two. Um, it ended up we only lost. We would have had we gotten any of the uh, prop bets, we would have really um, won quite a bit of money, and it would have uh, put us well over. But uh, we, because both our prop bets were kind of average, about three to one. Uh, so. Yeah, we, still, we missed it. You know, maybe that's a warning sign. We should, we should be more careful with our prop bets in the Super Bowl. But uh, we finished three and three. And we, we already know that from the last Super Bowl that we bet on. And then we didn't uh, do a show for two years. So yeah, we, uh, we should we should have learned from the uh, from that probably that the prop bets are not so great. Yeah, or we, we should make smaller ones. Great. Yeah, or maybe not hitch them if you want uh, to the idea that of our of our favorite team necessarily right winning i don't know we'll figure it out but if the chiefs no, had that was kind better, of what i had done with my picks though with yeah, the props it didn't matter. Was, and it, it still didn't matter though yeah it's a fool's game but it seems like we're doing better on the spread and the over yeah. like so we were we were each three and one when it came to our traditional bets yes but not the same three and one not but the same yeah, three, and one. three and one yeah so that's good but then we were zero and four on the uh uh, total so six and two on the uh traditional betting 750 that'll make you a lot of money in vegas if you can be three out of four right um but then we were even on the other one so um going in so i think i was three and four coming in that's right so i'm six and seven numbers that we we had wrong when we were talking last time yeah we we, we had thought we were worse than we were that, that intern who handed me that paper was has since been fired yeah he's uh, he's been given the pink slip to hit the bricks yes. and um yeah the so correct we, totals yeah so what are you're six i'm six and seven so i'm minus 100 in the playoffs yes. and you are it was five over. Two in, now eight and five plus 300 not bad plus 300. so you're, you're you're in a commanding lead we'll have to have the super bowl two. yes and did you know do you know what your um commanding lead right now in the uh, playoff betting has has won you. Ooh, I don't. What, what have I won? Something very prestigious. It's oh, the right oh, yeah. oh, yes. to the okay. first pick in our Ooh. Pro Bowl games um, competition. Uh, we look. We tried. So the Pro Bowl is coming up. They've they've redone the format. It's always the most anticlimactic, even of the All Star games. I think in the major sports. Nobody wants to play in it. Nobody wants to go. There used to be at least a free trip to Hawaii, but now it's not now even it's in Hawaii. Free trip to Las Vegas? Las Vegas, that's not too bad, I guess. That's not bad. Um, but uh, 20 degrees no longer... in Kansas City. It is much warmer in Las Vegas. It is, it is. But none of the Kansas City players will be playing there uh, because they'll be preparing for the Super Bowl. None of the Eagles players will be there because they're in the Super Bowl. I think the yeah. Eagles and the Chiefs have the highest number of Pro Bowl players Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the NFL this year, so maybe that's sees we can see why they both made the Super Bowl. Um, and so yeah, so who who are we left with for quarterbacks then? For the yeah, this is this, this is game. probably the most underwhelming Pro Bowl roster selected ever. was Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow from the AFC. That's a fantastic three top three. That those are probably the three I would say in some. In, Order the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. Probably, I would, I would probably go, um, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. But, but one, two, three. Yeah, 
definitely. Without names attached to them, probably the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, playing in the Super Bowl, injury, and apparently an excused absence. I think it's because he sadly uh, lost the AFC Championship game, Mr. Burrow, which, you know, it's hard to fault him for that. Yeah. It was a close game, uh, tough right. break. Uh, so, yeah, he has been – so, uh, Mahomes, uh, Allen, and Burrow have been replaced by Trevor Lawrence, which is a good pick. You would say he's a solid quarterback on his, on his, on his way up. Um, uh, Derek Carr, still, even though he didn't finish the <laughs> – he's not with the Raiders really anymore. He was jettisoned for maybe a chance in the Tom Brady sweepstakes next year. Yeah. And the consolation uh, prize, the Tom Brady sweepstakes. Yeah, and it seems like uh, uh, Justin Herbert is is also injured. He's having some sort of shoulder surgery right now. So the third quarterback pick has been Tyler Huntley of the Baltimore Ravens. So not Lamar Jackson, who also would have been a wonderful choice traditionally, uh, but it's Tyler Huntley. Uh, he who uh, famously had the uh, attempted quarterback dive into the end zone. Uh, that resulted in a 98-yard fumble return touchdown for the Bengals to win in the wildcard game. So yeah. Huntley, um, Lawrence, and Carr. And the NFC is not much better, if any better, actually, because uh, Jalen Hurts is gone. Uh, and that is Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, and Jared Goff replacing Jalen Hurts. So those are our six quarterbacks for the Pro Bowl. Yeah, not exciting. Not no, all, all um like game managers though really all game managers yeah. un- underwhelming hurts yeah yeah um goff probably had maybe the best season of all of them mm-hmm. maybe this year especially given the team that he played for um but we'll 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 talk about that but uh we'll we'll use this but the pro bowl format as well is different this year it's no longer just a, a an all-star game tackle football between the afc and the nfc or some sort of weird other kind of format uh of of game between the two sides uh it is instead a number of skills competitions flag football and flag football games that will determine the overall winner of what they call the pro bowl games and unfortunately there's no betting available on the pro bowl right now i haven't seen a spread i haven't seen anything so we're going to have to have this competition ourselves and uh as i said you will get the first pick andrew um i want to go through the the form we'll, we'll go through the uh, Pro Bowl. It's in two, lasting over two days, Thursday and Sunday of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be airing on Thursday. So we'll have a chance to make our our picks. Um, the first uh, uh, event in the Pro Bowl games is what they call Epic Pro Bowl Dodgeball, and it's a multi-round tournament of classic dodgeball featuring four teams of five players. That begins with offenses and defenses from both conferences squaring off. And then the winner of those two of those two games will play each other. So it'll be an AFC team against an NFC team. We don't know if it's the AFC offense, the AFC defense, the NFC offense or the NFC defense that's going to be in it. But I figure we should be able to uh, pick sides uh, on this one. And I, I will award, or you, we, we will award ourselves, if we get the pick the winner of those, of those four, uh, we will receive uh, two points. And if we pick the second place team, the runner-up out of the four, uh, we'll each get one point. We will get so one. Are we gonna, point. So are we going to each pick both? So there's four teams essentially, right? Yeah, 
I will like to get one pick, or do we get each get two. We picks? each get two. I think we should okay. each get two. So we um, will for sure have the winner and second place in our own roster. Yeah. So it's possible that one person will get both and get three points, and yes. the person will get zero, or there'll be yeah. a two and one, two and one split. So uh, we have AFC offense, AFC defense, NFC offense, NFC defense. Playing dodgeball. Again, we're not playing a football game, so we, you know. Yeah, we don't even know. We don't even know which players are playing. Are there going to be quarterbacks playing? Are there going to be linemen playing? Are they going to be little guys, big guys? Yeah, Who's a good dodgeball player. But you get the first pick. AFC, yeah, you, like, what, you think you that like? um, like wide receivers would be great at catching the ball, maybe eliminating the throwers, mm-hmm. the quarterbacks may not be great at dodging, but they should be very accurate at at, at throwing. <laughs> they should be. <laughs> Um, I don't know how to pick this at all, Mike. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick one. I'll take the NFC defense number one. The NFC defense. Okay. I am gonna make it harder for you. I am going to pick the AFC offense, which means you can pick either both NFCs or both defenses. Uh, Good. I think I'll take the other defense. I think I'll go all defense. Okay, I'm going to go all offense. Okay. We have no choice. I have no choice. But I knew you would have to pick one of the one of those two. So You just forced I, I, me to make I, I directed you into a into a pattern because I didn't want you to pick one offense, one random. I, I thought it would be more interesting this way. But my guess is that I will either win both or you will win both now is what my, my guess is. No. You may have lost your audio, Mike. Can you hear me? No, I can't. Sorry. One of the things we'll have to pay attention to the the uh, results of yeah. these events. Uh, <laughs> right. Unless you're watching on ESPN on Thursday night. So I AFC offense, NFC offense. Yes. Dodgeball. What? Which game is up next? Is what they call the lightning round, and it says each conference will select 16 players to feature be in a three-part elimination challenge that will leave one player left to earn three points for his conference, one splash catch, teammates, high stakes, rules. But I I don't – we don't even know who's playing, who's going to be in it. I think we should probably just pick AFC or NFC, and uh, the winner will get one point because we have no idea what's going on. Okay. So you pick first. Last time, do I get to pick first this time, or do you, or do you continue to pick first? Since you, I don't there? know. This is your; these are your rules. Um, alternate? Well, it makes sense to alternate. I think let's alternate. Okay, I will pick first. I'm going to pick NFC. That's fine. it. Would have worked out the same because I was going to pick the AFC this time anyway. So, in the lightning round, NFC lightning round. Okay, there's one point possible since I have no idea what's going on and. And okay, this next one is going to be more interesting, and I will. And then this is your pick as well, but I will determine what the picks are. Um, the next uh round is what's called the longest drive, and four players from each conference will compete in a challenge to drive a golf ball the farthest distance off a tee. And don't know who's going to be in it, and I'd rather than doing AFC versus NFC. I think um, the, the the pick should be. Do you? Th- we you know, I, th- I think of we think of quarterbacks probably golfing more than anybody else because they tend to be kind of older white guys 
uh, and are less maybe uh, involved in a kind of you know, brutality, physical kind of day to day. So they think that they seem to be more golfing kind of country club types, at least in my experience. Um, you know, so and we know, you know, uh, Mahomes is a, is a pretty good golfer. He golfs a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, some of these other players, uh, old like Derek Carr. I'm sure he's a, a pretty good golfer. Jared Goff, maybe. Um, so. I think of quarterbacks as being the number one position group at golfing. And I, and so I might, my, my, my offer to you is you can pick the winner will be either a quarterback or a non quarterback. And you can have either. There's a lot more non quarterbacks to choose from, but I think quarterbacks are probably likely to be better at golf. It's not just golf. It is his longest drive. Longest drive. But that also, it's not just brute strength, but it's also a technique kind of thing, too. So you need yeah. to practice. But there are some guys that can just, like, crush the ball mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily who you'd think would crush the ball. If it's QB, not QB, I think I, will, I would take not QB because there are more of them. So that means I have more chances. I say QB. And if by some reason the compet- there's no quarterback in the, uh, t- in the competition, Ooh. Um, we'll do, maybe we'll do it by conference, and I'll do... Uh, we just also do the AFC and FC anyway. Yeah. Or do you want to do that in additional? We can, do, we can make two on this one, yeah. Whatever does it make. Okay. Yeah, who cares? Okay, so quarter, so quarterback, non-quarterback, one point, and then AFC, NFC. I'm gonna go with the NFC again. Okay. Um, and that's, that means gives me the AFC. All right. That way, it's a little, it's a little more consistent. Uh, it's, it's easy to remember because it's like you know you're taking the uh, AFC. All right. Uh, this next one is precision passing. Um. And the, each of the conferences, three quarterbacks will battle it out in a one-minute accuracy competition, et cetera. So um, there are six quarterbacks, and I think we should each take three of the quarterbacks. Okay. And this is going to be worth a lot of points because it's quarterbacks, and we know who, exactly who's going to be in it. That's why I like I like this one. Um, yes. So I think we should uh, do a kind of fantasy football kind of snake draft Ooh. where the first person gets the first pick, but the second person gets two and three. And then the second, the next, then the first person goes back and gets four and five, and the second person gets six. Yeah. And and I think we should award five points to the winner, four points to second place, three points third, two points fourth, one point fifth, and zero points for um, DFL for six. So um, I always like DFL as the. uh, (laughs) So who would so do you want to pick first or do you want to pick second and third? Ooh, I'll give you that option. Um, I will. Ooh, so what is this? This is just a straight accuracy. It is precision Pre- passing. Precision passing. There's accurate. There's ten targets, either static or attached to robotic dummies or drones, which is with a different amount. And there's also a long toss bucket, sixty yards away. It's worth ten points. Oh, so there's going to be some, sixty yards. I think there are at least a couple quarterbacks there. That I don't know they can throw it that far. Mm-hmm. But even if they can, doesn't mean are they accurate enough to hit it. But do they think they can? Yeah. And are they only going to be aiming for the 60-point target and not even try for the short ones? So would so you like one like you maybe, or two and three? 
betting on. Um, I will go. Let me look at the quarterback list again real quick. Uh, <laughs> I think there's one quarterback that, that probably both of us will want. So I think I'm going to go first for my one shot and then give you two picks. I'm, guess, I'm guessing who you're going to pick. I'm going to see if it's is he the Jaguars quarterback. Is that who you want? He is. I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's, that's who I Psychological. Uh, would would you have made that same pick first if it, if it was up to you or no? I'm not saying. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because it's if you yeah. if you were given, would you have taken the one pick first or would you have? Oh, I see. I I uh, I think I like two and three. So you would have you would have um, done the although although I'd be stuck with six. And I think we know what six is going to be. Yeah. So maybe I would have taken one just just to be avoiding the six because i think yeah. we all know who the six is not because we think he's well probably because we just think he's the maybe the least likely of the quarterbacks to be in this position so so i'm, I'm gonna have the six so i need to really i assume well because you're talking about Derek carr so <laughs> i'm gonna be i need to be really good with two and three here um so we have the left is tyler huntley Derek carr on the AFC, on the NFC, we have all three. Uh, Gino uh, and uh, Jared Goff and Kirk, Kirk Cousins. I'm going to say, well, Gino Smith was the most accurate passer in the league this year. But do I think he's going to be accurate in the skills competition over boring quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, or without pressure, Derek Carr, without pressure. That's the that's that's tough. Um, I'm going to go Kirk Cousins as my second pick, as my first, you know, as as the number two pick. The number two overall. And Kirk Cousins, and your first pick, number two overall. And I think Jared Goff. He was he was a number one overall pick for a reason. I'm going to go Jared Goff. Her cousin's Jared. And then I guess I will take the player that you said was the most accurate quarterback during the regular season, Gina Smith. I'll take him at four. And then leave you with Uh, Tyler Huntley, obviously, by taking Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah, that's like I think six. I think one and six were both obvious, and I think you, I think you made the right choice simply because um, you avoided Huntley. But but who yeah. knows? Huntley and Huntley might pull it out, so we don't know. Um, you know, we really have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Tyler Huntley. Okay, so uh, that's the quarterback competition, and the next category is uh, going to be the best catch and it's a two day competition so it starts on Thursday ends on Sunday and I'm gonna do something a little different here um, <clears throat> the best so there's like it's judges and things like that 
And I'm going to say you would think a wide receiver would get the best catch, but there might be non-wide receivers participating. And so what I, what I propose is that you can take the winner is going to, if you think the winner is going to be a wide receiver and you pick the wide receiver, you will receive one point. Okay. If it's a non-wide receiver, you will receive two points. So you can, if you, you pick you, that position yeah, or if you pick, doesn't matter. You yeah, have to so pick the, wide receiver or not wide receiver. Like the, yeah. like the uh, quarterback. The other person, quarterback. Yeah. So you'll get, yeah, you pick wide receiver. Um, and I think I think in general we think the wide receiver is probably more likely to get a better catch than a non-wide receiver. So I, that's why I'm giving. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm uh, making the uh, non-wide receiver worth twice as much. Yeah. So you get two points if it's a non-wide okay. receiver, one point for wide receiver. Which one do you want to take? I'll let you pick. I guess. Well, is this my? Is it? It's my. Because I, I get to pick the last one. Is that? I know, but I, I devised the system, so I want you to pick. Um, I will take. I will go. I will take the safer route. I think I will take the wide receiver. Okay. And leave you with the possibility of doubling the points. Yeah, not so, wide receiver or two. Maybe I should have done three, but I think I think two. You can make it three if you want. These are for points that don't matter. You think you want to make it three? Would you? Would you still it. pick the same thing? Um. Yes, I think I would. I would. Yes. You think so? I was going to say, how about four? How about five? <laughs> would you still and then when you get to where you stop you say okay it's one less than that <laughs> i don't want to do that do you want to do three do you want to do three let's do three okay so i get three for not wide receiver okay versus one so everything else is one point right yeah what anybody else will be one point so you get one point and i would get zero if it's a non-wide still do receiver. afc nfc in this one then too do you want okay that's just yeah okay we can do afc nfc and that'll just be um one point yeah okay i'll pick i'll pick i've been picking nfc i'll pick nfc justin jefferson i think is on the nfc team so uh i'm gonna say <laughs> if, if, I, if it was my choice i would have used the same logic <laughs> i would have even done this exactly the same thing justin jefferson is on the nfc so you pick the nfc yeah yeah it's funny <laughs> so i could at least even it up maybe if 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 Jefferson wins, you will win one, and then I would also win one that way. Correct. So, so we'd each get one point, but if it's a not tight end or not wide receiver, yeah, if it's a if tight it's end not, or a running back or receiver, um, AFC, then you would you would end up being three to one. Yeah, if it's not wide receiver NFC, I'd get four. You get four. You get four zero. Yeah, that would be a yeah. So best catch could be a big deal in yeah in this competition. All right, yeah. Um, and the gridiron gauntlet is the next one. Relay race, six players from each conference. I don't. Uh, I have no idea. Let's just pick AFC NFC. One point here. Which do you like, Andrew? Uh, I will take the. AFC. Okay, I'll take the NFC. It's easier to keep track of on these. <laughs> we just default to if I default to NFC, you default to AFC. <laughs> Same thing for kick, tack, toe. Each team's kicker, punter, long snapper compete in a giant tic tac toe competition, showcase their respective skills. First team. Uh, so uh, we have 
the, it's the punter, long snapper, kicker, uh, AFC versus NFC. AFC uh, punter is AJ Cole. Uh, long snapper is Morgan Cox. And right now, there doesn't seem to be a kicker listed for the AFC. Yeah. That I see. The kicker to be named later. Maybe they don't even have one. Yeah. Um, there is a kicker named Jason Myers for the Seahawks for the NFC. So, Hunter is Tress Way, long snapper Andrew De, De, uh, Paola or De Paola from the Vikings. So, uh, which of those uh, do you see, like? It's your pick, is it not? My pick? Yeah. I'm going to pick the NFC again simply because they have a kicker named and the AFC doesn't. So, who knows what their person's going to be? I don't even know who my kicker is then. Yeah. You're just leaving me with like all these questions about. But it's probably going to be like Justin Tucker or something. So it's going to be. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's still not over. This is going to be, this is almost exa- as exhausting as the uh, rounds of stuff. So the next one is move the chains. We'll pick a conference. Uh, there's two teams from each conference. It doesn't say how they'll be divided, whether it's offense or defense. Uh, so the winner will earn points for their conference. So I guess we should just pick uh, conference. Do you want AFC or NFC, Andrew? Uh, we've got this trend going right now that I'm going to just break it just to be annoying. So I'll go NFC this time. Ooh. Uh, so this is some sort of like tug of war type of thing, it looks like. Um, weighted wall pull. Okay. Somehow these are essentially 50-50s for us, and some, somehow one of us is going to be, like, way ahead at this point, though, right? Yeah, so I'll take the AFC to move the ball. Okay, and then the skills competitions will have cumulative scoring leading up to the flag football game uh, on Sunday. Okay, and there are going to be three flag football games. The first two flag football games um, are going to be played, and the winner receives points for their conference. So we think it's going to be AFC or NFC. Uh, I guess there's two football games. I'm going to change it up just a little bit. And I'm going to say, do you think one conference will win both games or will they split? And you can say one conference is both or split of the first two. So is it worth two points if you, if it's the same and only one point, if it's split, because it's like, no, it's just the same odds. Cause like, you you have two out of four chance, uh, yeah. So is it is it split or sweep? A split well, or a sweep? Split or sweep? I think we should call there's, it. There's there's three different ways that it goes though, right? Because it's like t- one team wins both, the other team wins both, or there's a split. So there's like three scenarios. But you could say, if but two of them. A- there's four. There's four scenarios, right? It's no, but it's really it which, the same. It depends on the order. It depends on the order. I can yeah. say, is is it a tails and then heads, or a heads and then tails, right. or is it both tails, both heads? Right. Um, I will say that it is a split. Okay, I'll take sweep. Do no uh, choice. So yeah. And the final game, maybe we and then we pick the fight. And so the points in the all the skills competitions in the first two flight football games will be added together, and that will be the score at the beginning of the third and final flag game, which will determine the winning winning conference. So Whichever conference is in the lead will have an advantage going into the last flag football game by, you know, how many points. Um, so maybe we'll pick a, uh, do we want to make the overall, maybe we'll say two two points for the overall winner. 
And so one point the winner, the winner of the game based on the weighted score from the all of the yes. skills competition up to it yeah. determines who wins. Yeah, let's make it a little bit higher than a regular one point, even though it's just a 50-50 guess. It's, yeah. We'll make it at two points. Three, maybe? Four? Uh, what, do you, what do you say? What do you want? Maybe three. We want three? to three okay. with the other one. Okay, let's do three. Okay. So this okay. is the overall winner. Is three. Yeah, AFC or NFC. And I'll give you the choice. I mean, we've said from the beginning that the AFC is the better conference. But does the AFC care about And that? you might think you've been picking the AFC a lot more. Do you want to add yeah. to your hedge. AFC or do you or would you hedge and go hedge. NFC? Yeah. It's really more of a philosophical choice for myself. Yeah, that's why I wanted to saddle you with this uh, question rather than answer it myself. I will take... I think I will take it as... We'll go... I'll, I'll just go all in, basically, for no reason. I'll take the AFC. Okay, I'll take NFC. It'll be easier to remember. Okay. So that's our... <laughs> the anti-Andy read. I will go not for a gentlemanly finish. <laughs> I'll go for the uh, go for the jugular. I think this is going to be the. I think we will have the most elaborate Pro Bowl games betting scenario of any of any um, of the uh, two bit uh, uh, sports podcasts uh, currently uh in operation so i think, I think <laughs> with a warning track power hour moniker <laughs> yeah there are two other ones i think those i think they contract more on baseball which is yeah uh, again also i think good because uh even though we're called the warning track power hour we are still we've, we've talked more about football because probably because the chiefs have been better than the royals i think is the main reason well it's uh, the uh, baseball off season and nfl is easier to like talk about on a weekly basis yeah and bet on things like that than uh the daily grind of Major League Baseball. Um, speaking of, do we want to talk about the coaching changes in the NFL before we sign so off? You, just because you just happened to mention baseball briefly, did you see the Royals are uh, apparently bringing Zach Rinke back on a one-year? Ooh, that's good. I, eight, I, I, I eight to ten million ish dollar starter salary. One more I think, season. I think any money you pay Zach Rinke is a bonus because he's he's one of the most interesting and strange players <laughs> in the league. And I think that helps the Royals um, in both, like maybe, I don't know if he's exactly a mentor to younger pitchers, but he's a, an example I think a lot of them can follow. And I think he will put uh, people in the seats because he's interested. He's a, you know, homegrown star, uh, even if he's not what he once was. So I'm, I'm happy to see him back. Yeah. How about you? Are you do you think that was worth it? To sign I think I'd, like, I'd like to see them like have a planned move to the bullpen for him at some point, just to see if they can extend his career for like several more years rather than trying to just maybe get one more year and then see what he does next year, decides he mm. wants to play some more. I think it, it, to me, it makes sense to like try to move him to the bullpen and see if he, he might be able to get two, three more years out of a, you know, but do you do that? Because we already got, a, we already have a role as Chapman now in the Royals and you yeah. think he's going to be a potential closer. Do you, you wouldn't. Yeah. That's, that's a weirder you, though this year. Would you waste, would you waste Grinky as a middle reliever? Yeah. Before, before the uh, Chapman signing, I mean, so so he tends to only throw five innings, usually, Grinky does. So, like, yeah, if you used him in some kind of, like, um, 
you know, just pitch three innings, but every four days, something like that scenario would make more sense to me, I think, but maybe a three-day rotation of uh, something like that. You had, you had like a, you had a, I thought you had a really nice concept for a, um, a pitching core where you would just have guys that they throw like one time through the rotation, essentially, or one time through the lineup, mm-hmm. not having to face the same guys multiple times. And then they would like not, then that whole group would like pitch, you know, in the next series, not necessarily against the same players over and over again. Yeah. And then you have one like emergency or two emergency guys or something. Like that. Yeah. You'd still, you'd have. So it was an inter- it's an interesting strategy that. Yeah, I think. You eventually have, get to. If you have three start, yeah, three players, three pitchers who can go, each go three, uh, one time through the lineup. Um, and you think maybe they're probably four averages, four at bats uh, for a player. So maybe you'd have four pitchers for each um, game, three games, uh, and then. Uh, an extra person. So usually there are 13. A couple of guys. Like Dylan, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It might work. I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting think, strategy. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to probably come into maybe the Rays or something. Might well, it's, it's getting, I think it's getting more acceptable at least because, because like Tampa has done like the, um, the opener scenario. Mm-hmm. It's not that once that has like broken the concept of like a traditional starter, then the strategy that you yeah. talked about is, I think a possibility. Partly because the playoffs, it seems like they're talking more and more about seeing people multiple times through the lineup, especially the third yeah. time through the lineup is a big disadvantage. So maybe you have one person go two times through the lineup or ideally, mm. and then um, take them out at that point. But that's still sort of a starter, but just kind of have a short starter. Um, yeah. But I like the, yeah, the one time that I, yeah, I, I once thought of, yeah. I, you, you, yeah, I had forgotten I thought of that. Uh, thanks for, uh, reminding me. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I, th- I thought they should do that for like one or two positions in the lineup or in the um, rotation. Mm-hmm. It would be like a, it's just like a block day where it's like, instead of having a fifth starter, you have, you know, three guys that pitch that game. And it doesn't matter what order they're in. Maybe that can be lineup determinate, but yeah. Um, but instead of having to like try to throw a fifth guy out there that, you know, isn't going to hack in any way, just give it, give that game to a set you know, of of pitchers who are acting as the fifth guy. So then the whole bullpen can rest too. Like, yeah, that could work for like a team that doesn't have five major league starters. Like you've got, you know, four major league starters plus a fringe fifth starter, but maybe he's the first guy in the, in the block. And then you don't have to make the pressure of him of having to pitch to try to go seven innings. Instead Mm -hmm. he's just, he's only has to go through the rotation or through the lineup once. And then, yeah, or you could say at least maybe three innings or four innings max, and then yeah, do, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I like yeah, because then because um, you're gonna probably use two at least two relievers with that fifth starter. Yeah, so maybe just designate that three. But to do it that way instead of rather just like a set bullpen game, where like the Royals have done that recently, where they just mm-hmm. throw eight guys out there over the course of the game. It's like you're just draining your bullpen for the next several days because most of those guys aren't going to be as effective tomorrow if they have to yeah. pitch today if your entire bullpen is pitching today right so yeah there's something in there that would be a viable strategy i think so too yeah days. especially a team that you know i don't think you'd use that if you had five great starters you wouldn't need it yeah you wouldn't do that but if you had five great starters and then two of them get hurt during the year that's a viable strategy i think so too yeah 
Speaking of uh, coaching strategies, three NFL vacancies have been filled at the head coaching level within the last week or so. Um, one is Frank Reich to former Indianapolis coach earlier this season, a let go in the middle of the season for Jeff Saturday. We don't have a, as an interim coach, we don't have a permanent head coach picked for the Colts yet. No, uh, but we have a, but, but Frank Reich went to the um, Carolina Panthers. Uh, it was announced today that uh, D'Amico Ryans uh, was going to go, the San Francisco defensive coordinator uh, was going to go to the Houston Texans. And somewhat surprisingly, Sean Payton going to the Denver Broncos and the Broncos are going to send a first and a second round draft pick from an already de depleted draft uh, kind of capital that they have because they spent so much on the, on the Russell Wilson trade um, to uh, the Saints because Sean Payton was still somehow under contract with the Saints, even though he has retired, I guess, and doesn't quite work. So, um, yeah. So I guess we, I guess conventional wisdom is that Peyton is the best coach mm -hmm. of the three, but he's also maybe he's in the toughest division by far. And in the tougher conference, I think we can say at this point. Um, so one question would be which, um, so if, if any of the teams make the playoffs next year, which team is it going to be? The Broncos, the Texans, or the, the Panthers, and which which job is actually best in the long term? Do you think? Um, I've said here the last several times we've talked about the coaching openings. I think that the that I that I I think the Houston job should be the most desirable if ownership wasn't so strange. I think the situation there seems to be odd uh, because Houston has so much draft capital and mm -hmm. um you know relatively young talent too they should be able to build a team in however they want basically so whatever their strategy they adopt it's really theirs to like to do with as they as they want they don't have the first pick other this year but they have the multiple picks in yeah. the first round and it seems like the bears next year right the, it seems like the bears aren't going to pick a quarterback with their first draft picks and save Justin Fields. I guess it's possible they might trade trade their pick to another team who will pick a quarterback, but it seems like probably the Houston Texans still will have the first pick of a quarterback they want. Mm -hmm. Whether it's uh, CJ Stroud or Bryce yeah, so from, from, from the long-term perspective, I I just think that all of that um, possibility is there for Houston anyway. So I think, I think, I still think that should be the best job. Okay. Um, for uh, playoffs, I don't know that any of the teams will make the playoffs next year. I think, yeah, the Broncos are the toughest division, like you mentioned, but they, they probably have the most complete team without any draft capital, though, essentially. Uh, so there's not really much that um, Sean, that, uh, Payton, that Sean Payton can do outside of the roster he already has. He is pretty good. I mean, he's, he is a good coach. He's had a lot of success. Um, somewhat creative offense, but uh, mostly defensive minded that i always think of him as at least anyway i think he's an offensive guy but his teams on the saints Have were been defensive i guess partly because he was we associate mostly with an aging drew breeze and but but breeze had some of his best seasons with the um mm. the saints early on with peyton and then there was then i think it was defensively 
primarily later as as Breeze's career. But he had a kind of he had a kind of uh, a first few years he was there, real highs because he won a Super Bowl with the, the Saints, and then he had kind of a mid kind of lull, and then yeah. the last couple of years with the Saints he was also really good when Breeze was um, still there. Uh, and but then yeah. after Breeze left, it was a little bit messier. Um, but yeah. they still made the playoffs, I think, with with um, you know the ragtag assortment of quarterbacks one one of the years. Um, and they had Tom Brady's number. So yeah, yeah. So I think um, it seems like people would say, well, probably Peyton's the best coach out of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. For I mean, for success in the league, for sure. Yeah. Um, I would say that probably the person with the most likely chance to make the playoffs next year is probably uh, Frank Reich in mm. Carolina, simply because that division is not very good. And probably Tom Brady is leaving that division. And we don't know who the quarterbacks are going to be for any of those three teams. Atlanta's probably going to be starting a rookie. New Orleans might be starting a rookie. Tampa might be starting a rookie, or they're going to get like a mid level i guess it's also possible aaron Rodgers might go to one of those places or somebody but mm-hmm. who knows um so i think or like it's possible he might come to carolina because carolina is a quarterback so it's all up in the air i don't think that division's right so i i, I think carolina uh has and, and they actually had a better season than any other teams this year so even with matt rule getting fired steve Wilkes did, so i i like i like um the carolina's chances this coming year to make the playoffs. You know, we thought Jacksonville, Jack, Jacksonville and New York Giants had no chance of making the playoffs this year, but with new coaches, but they did. So it's, it's possible one of those uh, sure. might do it. So I would, I would pick Carolina as my choice. Um, I think ideally Houston is the best job, but they also hired a defensive coach, so weird. which I think in this climate is not the right move but maybe they're thinking we will zag when other people zig or zig when other people zag whatever this expression is but um D'Amico Ryan's I think he's a good defensive coordinator but you have to have a really good offensive coordinator and you're gonna have a new quarterback and like it's I think it's I don't know I I in in the playoffs this year of the final eight teams seven of the teams were coached by an offensive minded coach only one Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills and the Bills got blown out uh in that game so by the by the Bengals so I think offense is, is the way that things are are moving Andy Reid Nick Sirianni are both offensive coaches uh Zach Taylor and Sean uh, uh Kyle Shanahan are also both offensive coaches and I think we think of them as probably the, some of the best coaches in the league right now so Brian Dable Doug Peterson you know the two probably coach of the year candidates uh, they're all mm-hmm. offensive so it, it seems like that's the direction the league is going. So I I, I question the hire. Not necessarily because I don't think Ryan's is, is good, but I would have picked an offensive guy. Um, so uh, that's those are my two cents. Any anything else to add? We've gone along uh, today, I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, I think that's good. Okay, uh, we'll 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 be back next week to review our Pro Bowl. Uh, competition and to preview our Super Bowl betting uh, and uh, that'll be uh, spectacular I know and I'm sure you're on the edge of your seats waiting for these uh, Pro Bowl games to start and then also waiting for our 
uh, 100% can't miss guarantee Super Bowl picks as well. So until then, I am Dr. Michael Werman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Trek Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our uh, podcast or YouTube channel. And until then, we wish you good day.